Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Ryan from The Breaking Bad Show. On this episode, Chad and I have an awesome conversation about our transitions out of law enforcement. We talk about what we did, our experiences, and we also share some tips for those of you to take and follow if you might be considering making a transition from law enforcement to either entrepreneurship or the public sector. We hope you like the show. This is The Breaking Bad Show. Hey, Ryan, what's up, buddy? We're back for another episode. How's everything going? Oh, it's going awesome, Chad. I'm excited to do another recording with you, man. Yeah, man. Today, we're going to talk about transition. I think this is a hot, hot topic for cops that, you know, have made up their mind they want to leave and that process. And, and I think we don't talk about that enough. I mean, I can tell you from my experience that career coaching inside law enforcement, never mind mentorship if you want to get promoted from one rank to another. But my God, if you actually say, hey, I want to leave this profession and do something else. There's just, there's no career coaching in there. And, and, and in a way I understand it because you're, who's going to coach you, somebody that's staying in the job. What do they know about leaving and doing something else? So, you know, what, what, what's your experience? Like, I mean, take me through what, what that was like when you, the whole process, when deciding when to leave, when you left, the things you learned, good, bad, ugly, all, all that stuff. So, you know, one of, one of the things that, that made dealt with was that, and an opportunity and a new career path kind of came my way. And, it, you know, it's, it's kind of funny because, you know, early on in my career, there are a couple of things that made me kind of, you know, start to consider, is this what I want to do all my life? And I, I question that. I, I think part of me is because I've always been a goal oriented person. And for so much of my life, my chasing my goal was to become a police officer. And then all of a sudden, I, I was you know in my in my early twenties and had hit my goal. And now there's I wasn't. Um, I can remember going on Google and searching uh, jobs that you can make a hundred grand a year at without a degree, and seeing what was there and one, seeing if anything interested me. And you know, I might have mentioned. Before, to, well, this is the life that I chose. I got to deal with it for the next 20 to 30 years. And, you know, a new career path kind of came my way. I kind of, I kind of believe that that's because I was open. I've always been open to different opportunities and different things. And it was a career that was introduced to me and I was interested in it. So I kind of started to explore that option. And, when I, when I started to explore it, I never intended to actually make a career shift. But as I grew into it and I began to love that new industry, I said, maybe I would like to make a new career in this industry. And then over time, I came to realize, all right, I'm, I enjoy my new career path more than I enjoy going to work. I'm going to work and waiting for the day to be over so that I can go work on what I want to work on. And why don't I just make, of course, what's the biggest concern 
that we have, especially in a law enforcement career is, well, I get a paycheck every week and I have a pension. And that's a huge, that's what keeps people there. That was, that's what prevents a lot of people from leaving, even though they're not happy. I think that's common with many jobs. They're, they're addicted to that paycheck, that 401k or the pension that may be coming. So one of the first things I'd have to recommend if someone was considering a career change is that they could have a true heart to heart with themselves and ask themselves, do, what do I love about, what would I want to change about being a police officer? And if that, what do I love about it is a very short list and that what would, what would I want, what needs to change is a larger list and a lot of those control. And maybe you want to consider doing something else. During that heart-to-heart that you have have with yourself, if that list of what do I love about being a police officer is on the smaller side, ask yourself, okay, what do I love to do? What would I love to do? I was lucky, like I mentioned, that that came to me. So what I did, biggest concern, like I mentioned before, is that paycheck, that pension. So I had to get my financial house in order. You know, I made sure I went into there's no paycheck attached with it. It's a truly entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial um, industry that I work in. So I had to make sure that I have, I have a wife, I have two kids, I have a home. I have to make sure that I can still help support the family as well. I'm lucky that my wife works as well, but I still got to contribute my part to the family. We can't be a, a one income family. So I built a plan. I gave myself a deadline and I, I wrote down that date. I wrote down in my journal, I wrote that. July of two, July, I think it was 21st, 2020 was going to be my last day with the police department. I wrote that down in my journal in July of 2019. And I gave myself that. I knew that I had to save a certain amount of money that I would be safe. I was able to save up enough, uh, more than enough money that I knew that I could go at least one year without a paycheck and I wouldn't run out of resources to be able to pay my bills and support my family. I think that's key is getting the financial house in order to make sure that you can safely make that transition into a new field. Now, obviously, if you're going into a field that comes with a paycheck and you can match or increase, that's great. You don't have to worry as much about it, but you still want to have an idea of what you're going to do with your pension and everything and getting your budget in order, getting that, getting that um, money in order. And one thing that I think is also key, if you're in that, that point, it wasn't as, it, I guess I didn't realize it at the time, but I was in the process of doing it. And that's in building your network. You know, the, the, your, the network that you build is going to be so important, whether it's in or outside community, but you want to have that in place. I was building that inside and outside of the law enforcement community while I was working in that under other industry part-time and I was building up my, my plan to leave. So I was in the process. I didn't realize it at the time, but I was in the process of doing that. So I just want to put in there that one huge thing that I would recommend would be that anyone considering that would starts to build up their network. And I think a great place is right where you and I met Chad is coming onto LinkedIn, LinkedIn and getting involved with that law enforcement community on there, seeing what, are doing outside of just the law enforcement community. There's so many things that we can do out there, whether it's teaching, 
speaking, other types of private security, or you know, there's so many other things that are completely uninvolved with the law enforcement uh, law enforcement profession as well that you can get involved in. So, um, I remember the day that I uh, handed in my resignation. That was a, it was a nerve wracking thing to do. I wasn't sure how it would be received. Um, it was received well. I guess I was um, a little surprised. It kind of made me think if he was glad to see me leave when I <laughs> handed that resignation into the chief. But, um, you know, everyone wished me well. And, um, you know, I will say, I think um, a lot of people said, I can't believe you actually had the guts to do this. And I got a lot of accolades for that because I think it's common for people to just remain in a place where it's comfortable, even though they're not ha happy. Dude, that's, sh and I guarantee that shocked people. Like they looked at your situation and they thought about themselves. Like, can I do that? Would I be able to do that? And I know I went through the same thing. So sorry to cut you off, but that is shocking to people when cops just get up and leave because other cops are like, oh, what's he doing? Is everything all right? They, they start to panic. You know, they don't know what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I can't tell you one, one, one thing I, I have to share is I hear this so often that, that people, people tell me, they go, I love seeing you so happy. So you're so much happier than you used to be. And it, it's huge. I think I might've mentioned this on, on a previous show is, is, is uh, realizing that, you know, I, I didn't have the same ability to smile when I was wearing that uniform as I do now. So much of my natural personality that I think I lost in that field has started to come back over the time out of the job. It's, it's, uh, it's been great. So, so I definitely, I, I want to hear your end, Chad. So what was your process like in, in, in your transition out? You know, what, what, how, how do you kind of take that and build that up? Yeah. I, first, I, I take notes when you talk, cause I, I love, I'm just a, a lifelong learner. So I love listening to other people. And I kind of want to real quick touch on some things that you talked about. Cause I think that's so important. Um, how you said you, you mentioned questioning things early. I don't know how anybody makes any life change, whatever that life change is, personally, professionally, and you don't question things. And I say that because I remember early in my process, I was questioning, am I doing the right thing? And then I would feel guilty that I'm questioning. Well, if you don't know, then why are you making this decision? It's normal. It's normal, completely normal to question everything you're doing. So I, I say that to, if anyone else is watching and thinking about leaving or making any life change, it's okay to ask questions. You should be asking questions. You should be unsure of most of your questions. That's where you start to research. And that's where you start to really investigate and get answers to those questions. So you mentioned that. And I think that was important. You said that. Um, another thing that I know a lot of law enforcement officers struggle with, because I talked to cops when I, when I left is, uh, you know, they don't have college degrees. They're only been a cop. They became a cop out of high school, maybe did something tinkering around, then became a cop. But, you know, so you feel like you have to stay, you feel like, what else can I do? And that's just a, it's a fallacy. There are so many qualities in a law enforcement officer that would transition well to the private sector. We just don't have people inside the profession coaching us on that. And I understand that. So finding resources, finding people outside of your profession that can help you. I had somebody in business, a close friend of mine, Rocky, who's, who's a businessman. He's a CEO of a company, but I know him personally before he, anything to do with business. And, you know, he was a, he was a coach to me. He was a mentor to me. He answered questions to me when I felt like I couldn't leave. He was telling me, Chad, bro, you are going to crush it out here in the private sector. I didn't even believe that, but he was telling me that. Um, and then you talked about pros and cons and making a list. I think that is so important. It's such a simple task, 
But the pros and the cons list do not lie. It yep. does not lie. You make that line, you write your pros and you write your cons. If your pros outweigh your cons and you're trying to talk yourself out of that, that's already a, an indication that now you're scared and, and scared and fear is okay. Um, but one thing I learned is, and you also touched on this is courage, personal courage, personal courage to me is a core value of mine. Not to say I'm always courageous by God. I'm not, uh, but having the courage to say, I'm scared even though I know this is what I want to do. And even though this is what I know I should do, I'm scared to do it. That's okay. And that's normal. Having the courage to do it, even in the face of being fearful is that that's such a virtuous characteristic that, I mean, I, I'm attracted to people like that, that they know it's scared. They know there's the risk and, and they do it anyway. And, and, and I think a lot of cops, they don't do anything because we want guarantees. I wanted a guarantee. You know, I bought a business, an existing business. I know I looked at all the financials for that business for the last three years. I know what the, the revenue was for that business. I knew what the potential uh, market was for that business. I knew the existing clients, potential clients. I knew I had all this information, but you know what I wanted, Ryan? I wanted to guarantee. I wanted someone to tell me how much money I'm going to make. What am I going to make every two weeks? But guess what? That was not there. It just, there's no guarantees. And I think for cops that are looking to transition, that is such a scary part. It was for me. What guarantee can you give me? And it's zero. It's zero. And this is why I, I, I'm such an advocate for falling back on your core values and, and your confidence in yourself. The only guarantee you're ever going to have in life, the only guarantee is yourself. I mean, really, that's it. Even cops that get paid every two weeks. You could get in a car accident, uh, even if it's not your fault and you're on duty and you kill somebody, and now you're going to get suspended or terminated from your job. There's no guarantees in this, in this life except the belief in yourself and that if you give 100%, and go absolute full bore, research it, and then have the courage to make a decision, you will be successful. You will be successful. Uh, and I think the huge, you know, I, I, don't, I don't mean to interrupt you there, no, no, Chad, no, no. but I just want to touch on that belief is that I built up the belief, the personal belief that I could leave and I could exceed my income from what I was making with the police department. I could make more money and have a better life. And I 100% believe that. And that was, a, that was a huge factor. That, that personal belief was a huge factor in building up that courage that, no, I believe in myself. I'm going to do this. I love that, man. I mean, it's, it's, it's true. And, and leaving anything, making any change, if you're going to leave your spouse or, you know, may God forbid you're going through a tough time or, or um, uh, you know, you're, you're trying to quit substances or any, whatever major change you're going to take is always going to be risk involved. Yeah, there's nothing Absolutely. that's there's nothing that's not risk adverse. So it's just a matter of having the courage to say, you know, I looked at this from every angle. I'm, I'm mitigating as much risk as possible, but at the end of the day, I have to believe in myself. And what I what I would recommend to people that don't that can't get to that belief, they they don't find it is find coaches, professional coaches. And this is something I've learned that I never even heard of a professional coach while I was in law enforcement, but now being almost a year in business. You know, there's so many great professional coaches out there. I mean, there's some ones that, you know, might be certified, but not the best, but find a great professional coach because they can build you up, really build you up to help Absolutely. you make, make those decisions. Um, when I, when I resigned, it's funny. I, I, I didn't have, it was a, I was going through my, a little bit of mental health stuff at the time, not uh, cataclysmic because I was starting to heal from that, but you know, I was still unsure of a lot of things. Um, my relationship with my administration could have been better for sure. Um, and, but the, the, the biggest holdback is I didn't have any really trust that 
I could get fair and accurate information. So I didn't fully disclose everything, even though I knew in my head, uh, you know, when people would ask me in my administration, like, what are you doing? What's the plan? You resign. What's going on? And a lot of it was like, well, I'm not quite sure yet. Or we're still ironing out the details or, you know, our lawyer advised us not to talk. You know, the truth of matters. I just didn't trust them. And that's that's sad. And that's that's um, something that probably a lot of cops that are thinking about leaving are going to deal with. So, you know, it, that's OK. And that's normal. You have to feel comfortable and don't be over trusting because you just don't know. So again, I get back to finding people in your life that you trust because those levels of resources are really going to help you make fair uh, and educated decisions. Um, now, one thing I, I didn't have to experience, and, and I know so many cops, I've talked to a couple already like this week about it. Um, like my wife works, she's a school teacher and she gets benefits, medical benefits. So it was easy for me to leave because one, I know she gets paid every two weeks. It's another secured profession. And her benefits are really good. I didn't have to worry about that. But I know a lot of cops who are sole providers and they're thinking about leaving and they are literally stuck because my, their wife doesn't work. They don't have other medical benefits. And they're like, even if I wanted to go, if I found something, I, there's no way I could do it because my wife doesn't work. And, and that's that's the tough part. I don't have a solution for that. I know I've done some due, some due diligence digging around recently with getting quotes from health insurance companies. And you're looking at like $2,900 to $3,100 a month premium for medical benefits that are comparable to what law enforcement officers get because we have really great benefits. Who can afford 3000 bucks a month, you know, when you're, especially when you're making a career change? So I don't have a solution for that, but I know that's a factor and, and I, I can't, that's not something I can relate to. So I just want to bring it up because I know that I've talked to some people that have connected with me on, from, from the show and, you know, I hear you, I see you, I know that's a problem. Um, and it's such a big uh, benefit to give up. Yeah, the, um, the health insurance is huge if you don't have a spouse that you can jump on with. I mean, that same thing that was, I'm in the same case. My wife is a school teacher. We moved over to her insurance. No problem there. Um, you did mention the office, you know, the, the officers that they're the sole providers and their, their wife stays home and they have kids and everything. And I think in that instance, you know, even as it was with, with me making the decision when, when it's a family unit, it's going to be a family, a family decision and a family plan. No doubt. And, it, you know, of course, my, my wife was nervous as well because I, I provide half of, uh, half of the household income. Our incomes were, pre were pretty even and everything. So for that away, we had to make a plan together and agree on that plan together. And you know, we had to weigh the benefits. All right, what's what's is, what's going to be what's going to be necessary financially, and what are we going to make up in in lifestyle changes and and benefits and and overall happiness. And right, right. You know, one one thing I've 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 got to say is that the you know I'm a firm believer that you know I always say we only get one ride on this rock. We're only here once. We get one life to live. Why are we going to live it miserable? If right. you're going to do something and live the next 15 to 20 years of your life miserable because you want that paycheck in the end, is that worth it? Right. Okay. Where's the, what is the real risk? Is the risk, all right, what am I going to be able to buy? Obviously there's, you, you know, you might have to live on a shoestring budget. You might have to look at, all right, we got to pay the mortgage, pay the bills and we got to eat, but we're going to have to cut off some, some of the uh, creature comforts for a little while. Will we get this to happen? Is that worth the happiness that's going to come with it? Those about as a family unit as you prepare to make this decision or make that transition. Yeah. And you know, the funny thing is, and, 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 and I'm going to tell a quick story And this. He's a good friend of mine. He's at the police department 
and I submitted my resignation and it was shift change. And we worked the same, um, same rotation with opposite schedule. So I was coming in for night shift, I believe. And he was coming off a day. So I'm loading my car up for nights. He's unloading his car and, um, and he's, he's a good buddy of mine, but he, he talked to me for maybe 30 minutes in the parking lot about the decision I was making and in his opinion that it was the wrong decision. And basically he was trying to talk me out of it. And the themes of his uh, conversation and the, and the facts he was using to support his argument was financial resources, money, income, retirement, things that I would be giving up. And I remember saying, oh, you know, friend, I, I thought about all that. He's like, oh, I don't know if you thought about it enough because of this and this and that. And I said, well, this was a decision for me about peace of mind, about happiness. That's why I live my life. I live my life to be happy, to feel fulfilled and purposeful. And I never, I'll never forget, he like blinked for a second. Like he couldn't believe I was bringing that up over money and retirement. Because in his mind, that's really, 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 really important. He'll sacrifice personal happiness for, for that. And, and to each their own. I'm not judging because he's a good friend of mine. So I'm not saying that, but it just goes to show you the dichotomy of where some people are coming from. I did not agree with the direction the agency was going anymore. I just didn't agree with it. And I could not be talked into it. My personality, I'm a justice, uh, just a justice person. When I see somebody wrong, even if it has nothing to do with me, I'm speaking up for them because I don't like to see things happen that are not proper, not ethical, not just anything. So when my values got disaligned with that, there's nothing you can do. You, you could give me a check for a million dollars. Guess what? And I, and I say this and people probably think I'm crazy. If you gave me a check for a million dollars to stay, I would have shred the check up. And it really would have been a thought because I know in my mind, I'd be coming in and doing something that I don't agree with anymore. Not the job, but just everything that had to do with where I was at that particular place in that particular organization. So if you're, if you're out there and you're watching and you're thinking, yeah, that's me, that's me. I don't agree with what's going on. You have to make a decision and you have to, we, we had an episode on core values. You have to get really deep into who you are and what you're about. And if you're willing to negotiate, if you're willing to concede your values, that's on you and that's okay. But if you're not, don't live this life of being unhappy or feeling not fulfilled because the system tells you should stay and collect your retirement. You own, let me, Ryan, you touch it. You, you get one life. We get one life. We don't rewind. We don't get back. We don't get replays. We don't get do-overs. You know, we get one shot at this thing, man, and be happy and feel fulfilled. And when you talked about the smile that come back to your face, I and mean, that made me smile thinking about your oh, smile. Yeah. And you know that I'm, I'm going to go back to one thing, Chad, and it, it all comes, I think it all comes back to that belief in yourself. You were talking about what your friend mentioned. Well, what about the paycheck? What about the money? What about the retirement? Are you, you know, and, and my question would be to him would be, do you think that I'm not capable of doing that, equaling that, and then and then some on my own out in what I'm going to do? Dude, and, and you know, the funny thing he said, that was part of our conversation. Because he, you know, I told him what, you know, it started to come out what I'm doing. I'm going to buy a private investigation firm and my plans for it. And, you know, he's like, well, you're not going to make as much doing that as you are as a police officer. <laughs> Watch me, and, right? <laughs> and, and actually, uh, part of somebody from my command staff, uh, when we had this conversation, um, you know, they said the same thing. Well, you know, most small businesses fail, which is true, which is true. But when he said that comment, I knew what he was thinking. He doesn't know. He doesn't know me. He thinks he might know me. But he's looking at it from a, a factual perspective of most small businesses fail, which is true. What he's not taking in the X factor is my belief for myself that, and I hope so many people out there have the same belief in themselves that 
don't ever limit me or tell me I can't do something. Because when you do, I already wanted to do it anyway, but now I really want to do it to show you how wrong you really are. You really are. And that's that's big, small, uh, you know, small-minded thinking too. To look at, oh well, this many, this many, this percentage of small businesses fail, and well, yeah, but I'm I'm going to be one that succeeds, and if I, I'm going to make sure, I'm going to take the action to make sure that I don't fail. Yeah. You know, the funny thing is I, I told my wife um, uh, up until recently, I've been saying it forever. Now, is, was I saying it? I'm saying this a little jokingly, tongue in cheek. Yeah, but I was serious in the message. I said, babe, I, I didn't leave law enforcement where I was making $130,000 a year in a very affluent county outside of Philadelphia to go make $120,000 in the private sector as a business owner where I'm going to be working twice as hard. I want to be a millionaire. And that's not why I'm doing it, but I'm going to work hard enough to make this a million dollar business. And she laughed and other people laughed and because I kind of send a tongue in cheek. But I think every day that goes by and she sees me grinding and working hard, and this gets back to believing in yourself. Uh, and I know we're kind of getting on an entrepreneurial mind, uh, topic now, but every day she wakes up and she sees me grinding and working and, and building and growing and evolving and learning and reading and ta- talking with people and building relationships. And now she doesn't laugh as much when I say that because Again, it gets back to believing in the mission. You can say whatever you want to say in this world. The talk is cheap. It's what actions are you using? And when your actions start aligning with what you're saying, people start paying attention. People start watching and noticing. And I think the other, the other big thing for me, Chad, was, you know what? It's not all about the money either. I can tell you that now I wake up and I am excited for what I get to do every day. I was at the point when I'd be on day one of my rotation, I was all I could wait for was my days off and for the rotation to be over. I'd be dreading getting up, having to go to work. I love getting up every morning because I'm excited of what I get to go and do. I'm excited to go and meet people and connect with people and and, and make connections and grow and teach and 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 talk. And I, I absolutely love what I do every day. And how is that not more important than what paycheck is coming in every week? 100%. You're, you're absolutely 100%. You know, I, I'm going to make, um, I'm making, so I'm coming up on the end of year one. I'm making half of what I made last year as a police officer, half. Now I know a lot of cops are sitting there, especially if you're a sole earner and you're thinking I'm the sole breadwinner. How can I make half of what I'm making now? I'm already living paycheck to paycheck, but I'm making half of what I'm making because I'm seeing the vision of what we're growing, we're building, deferring money because I see the big picture. But my point is getting to your point is, but I'm happier. It's not about the money. It's never been about the money. And for me, at least, I know everyone's motivated differently. Some people are financially motivated. Um, And getting back to what you're saying, right? It's you have to feel purposeful, wake up every day with a mission, with a why you're doing something, feel connected to something. And if, if, being connected to law enforcement and that you love this job and it's treated you so well and so passionate, man, I am like singing your praises. I'm so happy, proud of you. But if you're not, Absolutely. and you're living in this world where you're half in, half out, and you don't know what to do about the part of you that's half out, got to start making changes and start, you got you got to, because you, your life is short and you're, you'll end up killing yourself like that. Yep. So, you know, just, um, you know, I'll, I'll say if you're, if you're in that position where you're, you're not happy in, in your, uh, thinking about the change, you know, really, really have that heart to heart with yourself and think, you know, is this the way I want to spend the next 15 years in my agency? Do I want to go to a different agency or am I going to be happier if I go out and I experience 
someone else and you just, uh, uh, something else. And, you know, I don't, I think it might be different because of the whole pension system and, and the, the job that we do and the, and the connection with the brotherhood and everything, but just think of other industries and think of how many people work multiple different jobs in different industries throughout their lives. It's not uncommon for what we love to do and our passions to change as we grow, as we learn, as we evolve as people. You see a lot of people, they come into law enforcement later in life after having done worked in the private sector or done something else in the beginning. There's nothing wrong from flip-flopping the other way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. So some recommendations, right? Because I know people People want to be told some things. I like to be told, hey, okay, you, you brought up all these great things. What can I do? So some recommendations I want to make um, that I think are important. You're not reinventing the wheel. If you're leaving, thinking about leaving law enforcement, people have left the job before they ret- fully retired before you. You just have to find them. They're out there. I didn't know that. I thought it was very rare to leave a job. And it is kind of rare, right? I left at 13 years and you get to that point, especially I got my master's. I thought I was going to be the next chief. I was working at that. You know, then I ended up leaving. So, but I thought, man, there's nobody else like me out there. There are tons of former yes. police officers who have left the job and are very successful. You just have to find them. So don't think you're alone and, and you're isolated. Connect, build relationships, go on LinkedIn, find them, start to build relationships and that'll open your eyes to possibilities. Um, don't don't forget to don't leave out Chad to follow us here at Breaking Badge because we're going to be bringing these people to you on the show. That was people, my more and that, more people. I lost my train done, of thought. I lost my train of thought. That was my done, next thing, Ryan. Done, we're having phenomenally successful careers outside of law enforcement after leaving law enforcement early. You're right. That was my next thing. I'm sorry. Thank you for saying that because I lost my train of thought. Is, is, <laughs> is coaching, coaching or mentorship? Like this is part of our mission, Ryan and, and I, we have this mission now of breaking badge, the show to, to help you and connect you. Not that I'm a certified professional coach, Ryan's not either, but you know, we have learned a lot. We've seen a lot. We experienced a lot, a lot of good, a lot of bad in this transition process. So reach out to us. We will connect you with somebody. Trust me. I know Ryan has been extremely busy building relationships. I've been building relationships. So we can help you get connected with somebody that can, that can be a, a reference point for you. That can be a source of inspiration or motivation. Maybe you want to do something and you think it's never been done and you reach out to us and we're like, Hey, somebody's done it. And they're like, Oh, great. And we connect you. And then you realize they provide a blueprint for you to succeed. Professional coaching is so important and you're not going to find it in law enforcement. You're not because law enforcement mentorship is geared to keep getting promoted. Find a professional coach outside of your industry. doesn't even matter. Professional coaches aren't really necessarily aligned to one industry. They're just, they're professional coaches. They help you maximize your potential. So find the one that you like that comes recommended, ask around, and they will help you build uh, an infrastructure within yourself that you can look without, uh, look outside of law enforcement. Yeah. Before we close out, man, you got any, uh, any final thoughts before we close it out? The only thing I'll say is this. We all are limited by only ourselves. You have a can-do attitude, you believe in yourself, even if you don't believe in yourself, because you, maybe you don't have experience in this particular field or aspect, but you want to do it. You have this can do, this never die attitude. Let that go. Let that feed in yourself. Let it play about you and, and keep feeding it. Can do attitude and positive thinking. I'm telling you, every naysayer that's ever told me something negative about myself, I've used that as fuel, use that as energy and, and kept positive, not resentful, kept positive because I realize I see something in myself special 
that other people probably just don't see. There's probably plenty of people that also see good things in me, but we're all unique that way. You're going to have people, naysayers and, and haters that are going to try to talk you out of something because they were never courageous enough to do it themselves. Stick true to who you are, never compromise your values and have a can-do attitude. I'm telling you, you can do it. That is fire, dude. I could not have said that any better. And um, I don't think I have anything that I can add after that. That was a perfect <laughs> way to close us out, man. So I just want to thank everyone for, for joining us for the episode. Definitely would love to hear your feedback. Connect with us on LinkedIn. Follow us here on, on YouTube. Um, our our uh, contact info is in, in the, all the uh, descriptions, so you can reach out to us. And um, keep following along and join us as we grow and um, we lead a successful career outside of law enforcement. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We're here for you guys. Everybody take care.